they are the first generation that have been born in very abundant families in terms of wealth, in terms of how are they taken care of. So sometimes money or title is not the only thing they're looking for. Sometimes they're looking for the purpose to make impact to the society and to gain some reputation for themselves. Welcome to You Don't Know Vietnam, the show that demystifies Vietnam for global audiences by talking to the creatives, trendsetters, and business owners who are taking on the market. Forget what you thought you knew about Vietnam, it's no longer that, as you're about to find out. I'm Ian Payton, co-founder of We Create Content, a content marketing agency that builds audiences for global brands in Vietnam. On today's episode of You Don't Know Vietnam, I'm talking to HR and recruitment expert Nguyen Tay Kong, or Kelvin Nguyen. In his role as talent advisor at VinFast, Kelvin is responsible for bringing global talent to Vietnam and hiring for VinFast across 42 global markets. He's an angel investor and CEO at Youth Plus, a platform to help young Vietnamese people discover what they want to do and connect with the companies that are hiring. Today, he talks about what foreigners find hard when coming to work in Vietnam, his tips for recruiting and retaining Gen Z talent here, and his thoughts on why Vietnam leads the way in Asia for the participation of women in the workforce. Kelvin Oi. Hi, Ian. Hello. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm actually really excited to have you on because as a talent acquisition expert and human resources expert, I really wanted to pick your brains. You know, I think sometimes as global brands and foreigners come to Vietnam, some of the challenges we really face is with hiring and people management because it's so different from our home countries. So I'm really excited about our conversation. Thank you so much. So I like to call myself a businessman working in the human resources industry for the last 10 years in Vietnam. And it's a long journey and it's very interesting. And I think that human is still the most important factor for any business in Vietnam or in any part of the world. It's one of the most crucial factors for business to grow or to maintain their development. So basically in Vietnam, the same when companies come here, I think that human resources is still the most important factor they should consider. Do you think there's stuff that's particularly unique to Vietnam that people aren't prepared for when they launch a business here? Yeah, I think that the world is very diversified and not only Vietnam, in any country, they have their own culture and the people have their own behavior. So the same in Vietnam, we have a rich cultures of thousand years and behavior of people is also very different from Western countries or even in other Asian developed countries, it's very different. When business penetrate the Vietnam market, they should understand about the behavior or the culture of the people in order to make the right decision in even recruitment or retention or training and development of human resources. And yeah, in Vietnam, there are many interesting aspects that we can looking for in terms of human resources, even for the executives or the young employees. 
not only like foreign company, but also Vietnamese companies, they also have to always update themselves in terms of human resources perspective in order to adapt with the continuous changing in human resources. What do you think it is that would surprise a foreign business or brand coming to Vietnam most about human resources in Vietnam? Firstly, I hire a lot of experts to come to Vietnam to work. And it's like hilarious that many experts, many people from maybe Western countries, they still think that Vietnam is a very poor country or even still in the world harm. So when the experts, they come to Vietnam, they see the buildings, they see the infrastructure and see the way that people live. They are quite surprised that the country has developed in a very quick pitch and has gone quite far from like the, the recent years. I think it's the same for many um, businessmen and many companies. When they come here, they expect that it's the country still in initial phase of development. Actually, it's the same like uh, other country. It has adequate infrastructure and a lot of company and organization has been operated here for a long time. So not only penetrate the market, they also have to look up the competitors in the market. It's a diversified market with organizations from all around the world, from Korea, from Japan, from Western countries. They have been here for a long time. So in terms of human resources, they also have to look for the competitive advantage in order to attract people, in order to maintain and develop people. So in one of your roles then, you are a global talent acquisition expert for Vingroup. Yes. And you're bringing global experts to Vietnam or anywhere in the world actually to work on behalf of Vingroup. Yep. I take care of like 42 markets. Wow. That's huge. Specifically, what do you think the challenges are for foreign experts coming to Vietnam and integrating into the workplace here? What challenges do you think they find? I think that they're going to face a lot of challenge and also they're going to see a lot of advantage here in Vietnam. Uh, in terms of challenge, I think the most important thing is in terms of culture. The Western culture and the Eastern culture is totally different. And the culture of Vietnam is also very different. The behavior of people, the relationship between people is very different. We are still in a kind of hierarchy way of working. It's not that flat and flexible like Western companies. And of course, in Asia culture, in Vietnam culture, the relationship building skill is very important within the organization. I'm not talking about expat when they're coming here, they have to totally focus on creating and maintaining relationship only. They still have to maintain the performance. They still have to be very result oriented. But on the other hand, they still have to maintain the good relationship with other departments, other people within the company to make it work. And you know that like in any organizations, any company, it, for me, it's very simple. It's just still a group of people, right? In the small company, it's a small group of people. In the big company, it's a big group of people. And to maintain the relationship with other people, to be together, to, to get the job done is still one of the most important things. So because of the differences between culture, the expat when coming here, they, they may face with obstacle when developing new relationship or maintain relationship with the local people. But the advantage of Vietnam is that you can speak to anyone in English, especially for the young people. They're going to speak English with you like quite fluently. 
Because for a long time, the Vietnamese government have concentrated in English language education for its people. So the English ability of most of the Vietnamese employees now is fairly good. It creates an environment for experts to easily communicate with the Vietnamese employee, which is some advantage for the expert. And secondly, the living cost here is amazingly reasonable compared to most of the other countries and big city in the world, in Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh City, especially in Hanoi, the living cost is very reasonable comparing to the like, remuneration package of most of the expats that are coming here. So I talked to like expats from US or Europe, Victor is, or even Russia or Korea, when they come here to work, they said to me that they just want to live here forever because actually they have a much better living standard here in, in, in Vietnam. So it sounds quite ideal. But I want to go back to something about relationship building. And it's, it's a bit of a tricky question. Yeah, relationship is always the most complex, you know, topic for human beings, right? Yeah. So if foreign employees come here and can speak English with their Vietnamese colleagues, what might be the obstacles in relationship building that they might not be used to, do you think? Enable to talk with each other is okay. But it's just the first step to create or to maintain relationship is totally different story. It's more about to understand each other and to be able to listen to each other. Sometimes, even in the north and the south of Vietnam, it's quite different. Normally, people in the south of Vietnam, they are more straightforward. So what they tell you, they mean that. But sometimes in the north of Vietnam, we sometimes imply the meanings of what we tell you. So even people from Ho Chi Minh City, they come to Hanoi to work. Sometimes it's very difficult for them to understand what the Hanoian tell them. So even for Spark, it's totally different story. They are able to communicate with the local employees, but in order to understand them, it's a very different story. So Ian, you have been living here for a long time, and I know that you totally understand that. Sometimes you have to guess what people think and what they tell you, what this means, right? So it's the same for expert when they work with their superior or they work with their employees. It's the most crucial thing that they have to be able to listen to what the employee or the college really tell you and how to influence them, how to make them understand what you think, what you want, and how to lead together to achieve some goals. I think it's not an like, easy task. It's really not. And I think... I've been here, as you said, for quite a while, and I'm still getting to grips with it. And often I find the more I understand about Vietnamese workplace culture, sometimes the less I understand, more doors open, which I need to walk through. But I remember when I first got here to start doing business properly, I mean, I would entertain all sorts of conversation. I would be bound into webs of personal contact and personal friendship only for what was agreed not to actually happen. And it really confused me and I found it very difficult. There was one example where I was in a board meeting with the decision maker at a client's office and we were talking very straightforwardly to each other. And I felt like we understood each other. Everything was agreed. Once I got back to my office, I think the decision maker had spoken to his team. His team had spoken to my team. And what came back to me was something totally different, right? <laughs> and, and I'm like, am I going mad here? What's going on? Yeah. And I think there's an element of, you know, not particularly wanting to say no. And yeah, I think foreigners, we like to go from A to B to C, you know, and it's not always like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the point here. 
for most of the foreigners, they used to work in a very systematic organizations with very straightforward rules, very straightforward regulation, very straightforward system. But in Vietnam, for many organizations, they don't have that kind of system. And of course, you have to be very creative in what you are doing. It's not like from A to B to C. Sometimes it's from A to Z and then coming back to B, coming back to C. It's not that bad. Sometimes I feel like it's promote the creativity of people. But sometimes it's very difficult for people who work in very professional environment to be adept with that. I myself came back to Vietnam 10 years ago after my time of studying in the UK. And I have the same problem. What I learned from UK is that the world is very systematic. Everything I learned is about strategy and business models and stuff. But when I come back to Vietnam, it's very lucky for me to meet with some of the senior college who taught me about what actually you should communicate and what actually you should learn to be able to work in Vietnam. And it's very realistic. Sometimes like for small things like at 5.30 when your boss is still there and you come home. It's, it's not something very nice to do with your boss. Sometimes it's going to be like that. For very small details, it may have a remarkable effect in your, in your work relationship. What do you think of the challenges with hiring young people in Vietnam currently? Because it's quite a young workforce, isn't it? Yeah, Vietnam is kind of famous for its young population. To hire young people in Vietnam, I think it's an advantage for most of the company here. Because at least they have a large population of workforce that ready for work. In my trip in Korea, in Seoul, most of the taxi driver that I met, they are like more than 70 years old. But when you go up the street in Hanoi and in Ho Chi Minh City, you can see that you can easily get a grab by or grab car. The drivers are very young. The same for companies. They can easily recruit the young people to work for them because we have abundance of young workforce here. But the challenge here is to find the right people. Vietnamese young people have very adequate education because the parents here, they invest a lot in the education of their children. However, only the education from schools is not enough because sometimes they have a lot of business knowledge or even knowledge in other sectors, but the working skills is quite lack of. Like presentation skill, communication skill, or even for many young employees, when they start working, they don't even understand what the structure of the company is. For example, I talk to many marketing students from the business school in the university in Vietnam. And I asked them a very simple question. Can you tell me what the structure of a marketing department be like? And I think 70% of them don't understand what the structure of marketing department be like. So the gap between what you learn in the school and what actually happened in the organization is very big. So for many years, I have been trying to help a student about that. I deliver a lot of speeches at the university in order to inspire them to learn more about what actually happened in the organization. Don't just stay at the library, go outside, start working even part-time or internship or follow some people in order to understand firstly, the structure of a business and secondly, what actually happened. The second thing I think that is about the expectations. I think that the young employee in Vietnam, they are now in a generation of taking things for granted. 
they are the first generation that have been born in very abundant families in terms of wealth, in terms of how are they taken care of. And they're born in the internet world. So sometimes their expectations is kind of like unrealistic. They're living in the world that they compare themselves on Instagram. And sometimes they see that all of their friends are so rich. Always living in five-star hotels, having very beautiful trips, having very luxury cars. And they think to themselves that, why my friends develop that quick? And I have to work from the first ladder. So you know that for any person to be patient in, in their job is very important. It takes time for you to be good in something. But for the young generation now, sometimes I think that they are quite hurry. They want to be like successful in one or two days. So how is affect the organization? Is this more difficult for organization to keep the employee? They're always looking for a better opportunity, even for the title or even for the salary. When they find a better opportunity, they may jump very easily. So it's affect both of their career development part. It's also affect the operation of the company. I think it's not happened only in Vietnam, but because we have a large population of young people, so it's kind of obvious to see. And do you think the fact that it is the first generation that are born into abundance, that does make Gen Z slightly unique in Vietnam? And there's that extra level of, I don't want to say entitlement, because I feel like that's a negative word, but there's certainly a, an urgency to kind of move on, do better, right. progress, and, and they feel like they deserve that. Yeah. But besides that, we are very smart. They can learn about technologies. They can use technologies very quickly. And um, we have 100 millions of population here in Vietnam. And sometimes because of that, they may think of making money themselves. They can sell things online. They can be TikToker. They can be live streamer. They can be content creator. So the fact that more and more young people now choose a remote way, hybrid way of working, this also affects the ability of company to hire people. So how do you retain a young, happy workforce in Vietnam? What are the things they're looking for in order to stay with you and stay the distance, do you think? There are many things that have to be implemented. But from my own experience with all the organizations that I'm involved in, I think that it's crucial to give them a purpose. Like one of the most important things that you may give them. Sometimes... If you just pay them money, it's not enough because there's always someone else who can pay them more or even give them a title. It's not enough because some, someone else may give them better title. Title is nothing, but give them a purpose. It's something that maybe you, ha you can retain your people better. They have been born in a, a, an abundant generation. So sometimes money or title is not the only thing they're looking for. Sometimes they're looking for the purpose to make impact to the society and to gain some reputation for themselves. And they can tell their parents, they can tell their friends that I work for this company and it has a very clear purpose, it had a very meaningful purpose and it's impact the society in a positive way. So I'm proud of working for that company. So that is one of the most effective way I can think of. And what advice would you give to companies coming here with regards to company culture? What do you think young people are looking for with regards to company culture in Vietnam? Actually, 
company culture is a very complex definition for the big company. Yeah, for the global company, they have a very you know long term and very clear cultures, and they apply it globally. And when they bring it to Vietnam, actually a lot of young people they like to work for that kind of company because they are a part of a global organization that have the cultures that have the reputations all over the world. So that is easy, but for a smaller company, like for your company or for my company, to create a culture is totally different story because we don't have that kind of resources. So the culture that we create must be based on the nature of the employee that we have, right? Like in an IT company, you cannot create a very hierarchy culture that requires them to wear suits to work every day. You have to give them freedom, give them like flexibility in order for them to be happy to work for you. But in a consulting company, they, they, you cannot create a very freedom culture that they can wear whatever they want to the office. So in order to identify which culture to apply to your company, it's a very sensitive work to do. You have to understand what kind of people you want to work with or what kind of people want to work with you. In, uh, in order to identify the right culture for your organization, for smaller company, they have to research the market well to identify what exactly the people that I, uh, I work with, and what they like, what they want, and how can they be happy working for us. I guess there's something about shared beliefs and shared values in there, like defining values up front and like living by them like day in, day out, which I think is particularly difficult. In, in companies, but I think there's something about shared values for sure. Yeah. For all of the companies that I invest in or I have the involvement in, I always advocate a culture of grit. That means like to be a little bit better every day. Because the young employee now, sometimes they are quite in a hurry to become success. So to tell them that grit is very important, I think it's crucial because they are very smart. They learn things very quick. And if they have that grit, if they have that patience in what they are doing, they're going to be much better than, than our generation. So in all the company that I involve in, I always mention grit to be a little bit better every day. And in 365 days, you're going to be totally different. You're going to grow a lot. I read on your LinkedIn, on one of your recommendations, that you always earn the sincere respect of all colleagues. And I wonder how you do that. I cheat people the way that I want them to cheat me. So I always think that to be sincere is one of the most important thing in life, in your career development and in your self-development. Because only if you're sincere with other people, they're going to be sincere with you. So I'm very fortunate that for everyone that I meet even only one or two times, but maybe three or four years later when I ask for their support, they are still there. They are still very willing to help me. So I think sincere is one of my core values in life. And to be sincere that you don't looking for the source term benefit for yourselves. Sometimes you think of the benefits for others first. And they're going to be more respect to you. Sometimes it's a loss for you in the short term. But in the long term, I think it's a totally gain because you have a lot of support from all the people around you even more senior to you or your employees, it's going to be much more better. It's an investment for the long term, isn't it? It's more sustainable. It's an investment for the long term, yeah. Vietnam leads the way in Asia in terms of women's workplace participation. 
Why is it so strong, Kelvin? I think firstly is from the history. We have been taught in the history of Vietnam, there are many women leaders, many women emperors that lead the country and they lead the country very well. From the history of Vietnam, people respect women. It's the first thing. And the second thing that I myself respect the Vietnamese women for their ability, especially in operation management. In terms of operations, women are much more better in Vietnam because they are very carefully, they are details oriented and their emotional intelligence is better than men. They can manage the employee better. They can understand more about what people want and how to make them happy, how to make them work for you. And sometimes they are more decisive in the human-related decisions. Sometimes they can even fire people more easily than men. And they have more energy. They have more energies in what they are doing. They are more resilient when they set in a goal. They're going to go for it with whatever cost. So that's why in Vietnam, there are some of the biggest companies that are quite famous, that most of the like, executives are women. So I think Vietnam is quite progressed in the roles of women in organizations. Is that in certain sectors and industries, or is it quite fairly represented across the board? Actually, functionally, they will be more women leaders in operation or in sales or marketing or in services industry. But for the technical industry, manufacturing or IT, there's still more men leaders. It's easy to understand that for service industry, for consumer-related industries, women may have more advantage. But in technical industry like IT, manufacturing, yeah, there will be more men. Because from the university, there will be more male students in the technical universities than female students. So I think it's easy to understand. But even in tech industry now, we can see a surge of women leaders because they also want to develop themselves in a very high-pitch industry like technologies, even in some very new industry like even blockchain. We also have the Women in Blockchain Association here. So the roles of women in most of the industries in, in Vietnam market is very remarkable. And I don't see any shortage of women on the board either. Actually, um, Statistically, there are still more men in the board of most of the company, but I, I think that the proportion is not remarkably different compared to other markets. Have you spotted any trends in HR in Vietnam? I think with the like, current situation of economics, there will be still difficulties in terms of recruiting. The number of new jobs, the number of new opportunities will still be reduced or just to maintain. Even though we saw a lot of positive sides in the last quarter of 2023 that there are more jobs because more, the company have more opportunity and uh, more FBI coming to Vietnam. But I think that most of the organizations are still hesitate in hiring more people. So to get a job opportunity is not that easy compared to before COVID or even compared to the recent years. And the trend is that the company, they, they were looking for the way to optimize their, their, their operations. So they're looking for results. In many functions, they've been looking for how to create results with minimal resources. And they may use hybrid or remote workers. For example, in marketing, they can use remote designer, remote marketer, or sometimes they may use just GPT to replace like a headcount in their company. 
So in order to compete in this, I think that the young people need to be very adaptive and have to update themselves every day. And sometimes they have to face the situation that they can work remotely. And when you work remote, it's a totally different story. When you work within an organization, as I mentioned to you, the relationship between human and human, sometimes it's difficult, but sometimes it's healthier. Sometimes you work in, a, in an organization, you are not that good, but your boss like you. So you will still be safe. But if you work remotely, the results pick it all. And you have to be able to bring the results to the organization in whatever way that, that you can think of. And your work with Youth Plus, is that to help young people get jobs in Vietnam? Yes. For Youth Plus, it's one of the most popular platform for young people to know more about themselves, to know more about their potentials. In the platform, we have a lot of tests. We have a lot of models for free for students to learn more about what their potential is, what job going to be suitable with their potential, with what they want. For the last five years, it's just a community. So now I try to transform the community to be a recruitment platform for the organizations. Because when, when the organization, they receive the CVs from the student, student only, they cannot ever evaluate who's the right one for them. But if the student can take the test, they know more about themselves. I'm more suitable with sales jobs. I'm more suitable with marketing jobs. I'm more suitable with oper operational jobs. At least they know what they want. At least they know what they want they can be good at. And it's good for the student. It's also good for the company. Because I think that for many times you hire someone, maybe for sales or marketing, but like some days later they realize that, oh, I don't like that job. I don't like talking to people. I don't like to go outside. Or sometimes you hire someone to work in research, but some days later they think, oh, I don't want to stay the up eight hours per day. I want to go outside to talk to people. It's a waste of time for both the employee and the companies, right? So uh, I invest in G Plus because of that. I want the student, they find the right, right job for themselves. And I want to help the company to define the right talent that they can acquire. It's step time for both the parties. And yeah, it's going to bring more effective in terms of recruitment and saving costs for company and helping the student to find the right job. Looking at your investments and your CV, it seems to me that you're quite purpose driven as well. Is that fair to say? And if so, what is your purpose? My purpose is to make a lot of money in order to help a lot of people. It's very simple. In order to help a lot of people, in order to make a lot of impacts to the society, of course, you have to have the resources. To me, money is the tools to do that. Money is the tools for you to create more meaningful things, more beautiful things to the society. And I focus on like HR tech, pharmaceutical and healthcare industry. Because I think that the more the society develops, they will have more problems regarding health regarding their mental health. So the demand for that is going to be increased dramatically in the coming years. And I think it's happened in all the other developed countries before. When the life of people better, when they make more money, they're going to face a lot of challenges related to their health and to their mental wellness. Do you see more cases of anxiety and depression among the young workforce? Not only among the young people, I, I think it's among everyone. They, they don't, just don't know it yet. I mean that the more responsibility, the more opportunities that you have, the more difficulties, the more ob obstacles you have to face every day. 
And uh, to be able to balance between work and life, it's become more and more difficult these days. So of course, you're going to have some mental difficulties. And if you have someone to help you with that, it's going to be much better. It's like when you feel ill, you can go to the gym every day and improve your physically health. It's the same for your mental wellness. If you don't have some way of practicing it, some way of releasing your negative energy, it's going to be very dangerous for yourself and for the people around you. Before I have our time as well, and I have to look for the therapist for the health, and then it's, it's much better after that. Did you find there was much stigma around mental health in Vietnam? Are you able to talk about it among other men and with family? Yeah, it's, it's still very difficult, especially for men to talk about their mental health because in Eastern culture in general and in Vietnamese culture, men should be strong. They shouldn't show their emotion to everyone. They shouldn't show that they are weak. So it's very difficult for, both for women and men, but like for men, it's even more difficult to talk to someone that they are feel not good or they feel weak or they are feel sad because of that, if they don't have therapist, if they don't have someone that, that they can share their actual feelings, it's going to be very difficult for them to overcome the mental obstacle that they face every day. And the same for women, they have to balance between family and work. And in culture like Vietnam, women are still expected to take care of the family. But now their role is much more remarkable in the organization. They have to spend more energy as well. They have their own ambitions. And sometimes they can even grow much quicker than husband, right? So it's, of course, bring them a lot of mental problems as well. So seeking for the professional help is one of the most important solutions that they can think of. That's why I invest in Softened Minds. It's a platform for connecting the patient to the therapist in a very sensitive way. And I think the demand for it is going to increase dramatically. So Kelvin, I'd like to end these episodes by asking, what are you most excited about for Vietnam's future? I'm very excited about the future of Vietnam in terms of human resources. Because as we uh, discussed, we have a young population and it is more and more global-oriented generation starting from the English language ability. They can work for foreign companies in Vietnam, they can work for foreign companies in other markets, or when they do startup, they can think of going outside of Vietnam market. They can think of global markets. So I think in the long term, in the future, there will be more and more foreign companies come to Vietnam and more and more Vietnamese startup, Vietnamese companies go outside of Vietnam. It's bring a lot of opportunity for the country to grow and um, bring more diversified cultures here, bring uh, more opportunities for the young people to develop themselves outside of only the Vietnam market. So I'm quite positive on that. And I've been trying my best to contribute to that with the resources that I have for the young people. You've been listening to You Don't Know Vietnam. I'm Ian Payton from We Create Content. I'd like to thank DJ Jace from the Beat Saigon for their epic soundtrack. And a massive thank you to you for making it all the way to the end. <laughs>